Hello, everyone, and welcome to Precure Podcast Engaged, the podcast where we try and watch the entire Pretty Girl franchise. I am Charlie, your fairy partner, Cheapo. <laughs> Sorry, you caught me off guard with that one. <laughs> I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm protector of light, Cure Cassidy. <laughs> I was thinking about it when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to say, and I knew <laughs> I could catch you off guard. And today we are watching episode two of Futari wa Pretty Cure. Cleaning up the title of that. Cleaning up the city. Do you want to say the other title? Yeah, let me pull it up. I forgot that I had that open last time. Also known as Give Me a Break, a city targeted by darkness. This time the Crunchyroll title matches the second title. I think. Yeah. There are two titles because this was dubbed into English, not in America. I think it was in. It was some European country, and then it was dubbed again in Canada, which is interesting. Uh, it says that it was licensed by four kids. And it may have just been. No, that's for the anime. It just says North America. Oh, it does say that it's just on YTV. Yeah. Which is a Canadian television channel. We wouldn't actually dub anything until uh, several years ago. Although that's Glitter called... Glitter Force. Yeah, Glitter Force. But we're not talking about those. We are talking about... Yeah. Episode 2. Where we open with a class election. Well, everyone's like counting names. But Nagisa is not really paying attention. Because she's thinking about what happened last episode when they became pretty cures. How they were attacked by monsters and how they transformed and fought a roller coaster. Yeah, I mean, I would be probably thinking about that too. Yeah, especially since I wouldn't think I would be like elected as class president. So I'm like, whatever, they can just count them and whoever it is, it is. And of course, the person who ends up winning class was representative is Monica, to the surprise mm-hmm. of not me. Yeah, it sounded like that was pretty much just going to happen. Yeah, because she's known as being really smart and probably capable, although she Seems still, responsible. She still doesn't practice any safety when doing science experiments, which we see later. Yeah. Cut to a English class. I believe it's English because they're reading from a book. Mm-hmm. And Meeple is trying to talk to Nagisa as she's trying to read. I feel so sorry for her. Yeah, it's like the worst Tamagotchi. Yeah, because this Tamagotchi's alive and it's not going to take no for an answer. And also just speaks regular words that everyone can hear. Although no one seems to think like it's something else. Maybe they think it's like a cell phone ring or... Because no one's like, why is this weird, high-pitched voice coming from your bag? Yeah, they probably don't... Mm, I, it may not be like regular words that everyone can hear. It may just be a noise because they mention it later in a different episode. That uh, 
only to say, what was that weird noise? That's true. But we don't... Before we deal with Meeple and Nagisa, after the opening, we cut to clouds? Yeah, it's like an evil brain blast from Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, you know, you're right. These clouds look pretty good. And we meet our big bad villain for the first time, Jakku King. Who? Ah, yes, the dark dude. It looks like his lower half is made of fire, and then his upper half is just, like, darkness. Or maybe it's rock? Yeah, he has, like, some, uh, Zakena, I think, are flying out of him constantly, too. Yeah. He's definitely the source of the, uh, what's going on, and the leader of the Dotsuku zone. There's also a bunch of chains leading to him, which makes me think that he's kind of, like, locked up. And so he can't do anything right now because he's, like, chained to where he is. At least that's what I get from the chains that are, like, kind of going towards him. Yeah, he's probably been imprisoned, which is why he needs the Chaos Emeralds. <laughs> and he does. This, yeah, this is where they start talking about the Prism Stones. Yeah, he starts reprimanding our lovely white-haired evil guy, Pissard, because he's not doing so well. He got his ass handed to him last episode. Mm-hmm. This time, he better not fail. I think they also mentioned that they already have five of the seven prism stones. Yes, they do mention that they already have five. And we'll learn more about that later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... It wasn't last episode where they talked about the Field of Light, was it? Like, what happened? I think they just mentioned that it existed. I don't remember them saying much more than that. So, after we get that, we cut back to Nagisa and Meeple. And she ducks behind a bush to yell at the little fairy. And we learn that he's hungry. Because, like with... Tamagotchi's he needs to be fed. Oh. But this time you have to use cards. I like that she kinda like shakes the phone to get him to stop talking. But yeah, uh Meeple is hungry. And based on this note that I have written, I guess he starts begging and saying that he'd do anything. Yes. To get her to feed him. Yeah. He also says if he dies, he'll haunt her. Which is a good enough reason that I would try and feed people because i don't want to be haunted by a phone i guess he's a fairy but he lives in a phone so i have a question yes can meeple swipe his own cards don't think so because it looks like when he's in his cell phone form he only has a head Mm. he doesn't look like he has like little arms to like swipe the card himself that would be useful but we do get to learn that the cards that we saw before, because we saw Nagisa and Honoka use one of them last episode to transform, but there are a bunch of other cards that were also there. Yeah, there's like a lot more than they, even now that I know what they do, there's still a lot more than I expect there to be. Yeah, and apparently they're residents of the Field of Light, which makes me think that when the Field of Light was destroyed, well, Meeple and Meeple, Meeple and... Their names are so similar. Yeah. Mm, I think it might actually be like a chain of memory situation. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, I hadn't thought about that until you just said that right now, but it feels pretty similar to a chain of memories. These cards are their memories of these member er, these residents of the field of light. Yes. Who all are now forced to take care of them. As we learn, we get a chef that is used to feed. I really like that she's like trying to show him the cards and she shows him upside down and he's like trying to like twist his head to see what card she's trying to show him. Like, is this your card? Is this your card? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't look like they're labeled at all other than pictures, which isn't great when he's just telling her names of which residents they are. Yeah, well, I mean, the one that he wants has like a little chef apron in a pan. Yeah, but he could have said that. He just said it was like some name. The caretaker card. But eventually she finds the right one. His name is Oop. Yeah. And, and he... Oh. You can go ahead. Yeah, he makes Meeple a BLT, and Meeple's like, no, I don't want a BLT. I am starving, but I will not eat that. I want a rice and miso soup. Meeple's very... What's the word I'm looking for? Fuck Meeple. <laughs> He's very bratty. He's very demanding, and when he doesn't get his way, he tries to, like, cry. Be like, but come on. He's not my favorite. I really like Meeple better than him. Yeah. Although we haven't seen too much about what she does, like, when she's alone with Honoka. Yeah, we only see anything, like, once, and again, that's not even this episode. Yeah, but then we move back to Pissard, who is standing on top of a building, which seems to be a trend. He continues. He really likes being tall. <coughs> Why is this dog on the counter? Uh, Pissard's like, ah, oh, this energy... I'm going to steal it and give it to the Xianku king. Yes. And I'm like, Pissard, that's very clearly not what he wants. He wants the gems. Yeah, he wants the gem, but Pissard's like, maybe he'll also want this energy. You know, he also says that it's like a giant smelting furnace, like Earth is, which is an interesting image. Uh, meanwhile, Honok goes out here with the Toot Sweets machine. Yes, here she is again, practicing no amount of safety, except for a lab coat. And she just pours a little bit into a thing, and the tubes go off, and all this stuff happens, and then you get a little piece of candy, and then everything explodes. Yes. I hope this is a trend that she tries to do science, and it works, but it also explodes. Maybe that will uh, be useful later. Maybe. I just want her to wear some goggles. Yeah, well, I mean, especially what just happened, because that was a lot of glass flying. Like, she's gonna, yeah. like, have one of it stab her in the eye. There's easier ways to make candy. There is. You know, you can just go buy some from down the street. I'm sure you I don't... Mean, if you still want to do it scientifically, you can just make, like, some rock candy. That stuff's real science. Honoka would not do things the easy way. Meeple senses Mipple and tries to find her. He peers back in his fairy form, his, like, full fairy form. Yes. But sadly, his... I feel like they're kind of together, like, from the way that they react when they're with each other. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Which is very cute. But sadly, his girlfriend is asleep. She's taking a nap. Mm-hmm. And then we learn that there is a card that you can use to just make them go to sleep, which is incredibly fucked up. <laughs> It is! But Nagisa is pretty excited to learn about it, because she's like, now he won't talk in the middle of class. Yes, Meeple? now I never have to listen to Meeple again. 
he looks really upset when she's trying to use this card on him. Like, he's, like, trying to, like, get out of her hand. It's pretty fucked up. Mm-hmm. But alas, he is put to bed. Nagisa is very happy. So that's what they're gonna do when they have to go to school. Hmm. Or so they say. We then have Nagisa start talking Honoka, saying that she doesn't want to be a pretty cure. Which, Nagisa, this is the second episode of a 49 episode anime. You're gonna be a pretty cure. <laughs> you have no choice. Uh, I guess not. I understand where she's coming from. Like, it's too much of a responsibility. No one would believe them if they told anyone. She doesn't really believe mm. that they can protect the Earth together. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, they are middle schoolers. They're in 8th grade. So, I can see where she's coming from, but, you know, often in these things, you don't really have a choice. And Honoka seems like she's on board. Although when asked why she is okay with this, she says, I just think it's really interesting. Which, okay. Yeah, I feel like Honoka knows something that we don't see her knowing. Like, we don't... I think there's something going on with, like, the whole family. For other reasons as well. Yeah, I mean, last episode we did kind of see her grandmother. And we know that Mipple was in her shed outside. So, there's definitely... Mm -hmm. Could be something going on. I don't remember if there is. It's been a while since I've watched the first season. So mm -hmm. we get to discover that together. And now... Now. We get Pissard's Adventures in Sears. Do we... Wait, don't we get... That's... I, I don't know. Maybe it's not. That's just the next note I have. Oh. You're missing the most important note. The boy uh -huh. note. Oh, yeah. The boy. Yes, because... That's right. Soccer happens here. Yes. Someone kicks the soccer ball through the window, breaking more glass. There's so much broken glass in this room now. <laughs> Someone needs to sweep that up. And we mm -hmm. see the boy from last episode that Nagasa was staring at. And we finally get to learn his name, which is Fuji P. Which I'm not sure what the P stands for. I'm sure uh, the other half of his name. Uh, Fuji, pretty good looking. <laughs> That's my best guess. Fuji, pretty boy. But Nagisa is very enamored with this boy. As she gives him back his soccer ball and kind of walks off blushing. And Honoka is kind of like, huh, she's not angry anymore. I feel like she's oblivious to the crush Nagisa has on Fuji. Mm -hmm. But now... We do cut to Pissar's adventures at Sears. Yes, he's just walking around in his regular clothes. Yeah. And we see a salesman trying to sell people a vacuum. I'm guessing it's the blue light special, which is not a Sears thing. It's a Kmart thing. But look, just go with it. <laughs> he, his eyes go wide and they kind of change color. I'm not sure if he mind controls the sales associate or if the sales associate's just kind of weirded out by this guy who's not talking and just kind of staring at him intensely. I think it is a um, mind control thing. I don't know why I couldn't remember that word for a second. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have to pay for it. So kind of like, yes, I will take this vacuum. It will clean all evil lair very nicely. Do you think he was, like, looking at other appliances before he went to the vacuum? Like, um, hmm, this coffee maker could be really useful. You know, I'm not sure, because I think he got, um, he was drawn to the vacuum cleaner because it was in the middle of the floor, like, with people walking around it. So maybe he was like, ah, people like this vacuum. It Teens are really into vacuums these days. 
This can suck up all their energy nicely. Mm. It's so powerful. I feel like he doesn't even mention that being the plan, but it's 100% the plan. Yeah, it's definitely his plan that he's going to use the evil vacuum to suck up all the energy. We continue this cutting back and forth between the evil people and Nagisa. And Nagisa sitting there thinking, why was I blushing earlier? Like, she doesn't realize she has a crush on this boy. (laughs) This is the, like, only time I feel like a character has been confused that they're heterosexual. (laughs) (laughs) What are these feelings? Which is double weird, because she definitely mentions wanting to get notes from boys in the first episode. She does. Maybe she's just surprised that it's actually happening. Mm, maybe. She's like, Although, I guess it's not even really happening. It's just, ah, that boy was kind of cute. Yes, that boy was kind of cute. And, of course, Meeple is just thinking about one thing, and that's eating. <laughs> He's like, what's for dinner tonight? But we do finally get more information about the Field of Light. Because Meeple's like, why don't I tell you about my hometown? And Nagisa's like, I don't want to hear it. He's like, please, please. He starts crying to get her to listen to him. And eventually she relents. Mm -hmm. And now we get to learn more about the Field of Light. So we cut to an image of like this white castle in the background and like this huge field of flowers and meeple starts saying how it was a really beautiful place and it does look pretty beautiful i have to give him that the hearts of the residents of the field of light were filled with courage hope and justice and everyone lived really happily and we get to see meeple and meeple playing together in the field of flowers until the darkness came. Dusuku Zone came to ruin their happy days. I feel like we see this shot of Meeple and Mipple in the field a few more times, like either in this episode or in the next one. It just, it's a recurring shot. Yeah, definitely. I remember one of the notes I have for the next episode was saying that they reused a lot of footage when they were talking about it again of this scene where the Dotsuku Zone is destroying the field of light and like ruining everything. Mm hmm. So, fearing that everything would be destroyed, two people entrusted Mipple and Meeple with the remaining prism stones and sent them away. And they were the Queen and Senior. I assume Senior's a senior member of the fairies? Yeah, maybe like a um, royal advisor or something. Yes. If there is a queen. Yeah. Maybe we'll see them later. Maybe. We learn that Mipple is also having this conversation with Honoka over at her house. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about how the two stones they have are really important. And that's why the Jusuku Zone is after them now. But before Honoka can learn any more information about the stones, her grandmother appears. Conveniently. Yeah, her grandma is like, hey, did you go in the shed recently? What's that other voice I was hearing? Oh, you were talking to yourself? Hey, did someone mention the prism stones? Yeah, Graham Graham definitely knows what's going on here. Oh, yeah. She's definitely, like... I wonder if maybe this was intentional. Like, she kind of wanted Honoka to find Mipple. Hmm, maybe. Maybe. I mean, <sighs> this wouldn't be the... F- well, this would be the first time that an old person is connected to... What's going on with the pretty cares? Because the other one I'm thinking of happens way later. Well, I would assume so. This is the first series. 
I know, but I washed them out of order. That's fair. <laughs> but it is time for the evil vacuum to appear. Pissard's on top of another building, ready to unleash the Zakuin. No. Is that how you say that word? Uh, Zakusen, I think is what I was saying. I've forgotten already. It's Z-A-K-E-N-N-A. Zak- Zakena. Zakena, yes. Yes, because they turn into the Gomena after you beat them. Yeah. Which I still think is a very funny joke. We watch as the energy that gets sucked up by this evil vacuum is electricity? Yeah. Um, do we see uh, Shiho and Rina in this shot yet? Because they're definitely here. I don't know if it was now or later. No, we don't see them just yet. We see Meepo start getting excited, saying that something's going on and that Nagisa has to fight. Because eventually this place is going to end up just like the Field of Light. Mm. And we watch as they run to the porch and they start seeing that things are, like, really going badly. Yeah, things keep, like, shutting off or running out of power and stuff like that. Yeah, and she turns on the TV to see that the area surrounding the Jonin region is experiencing, like, power outages. Yeah, and now that I think about it, for some reason, like, it didn't click that he was sucking up electricity here. And that's just weird to me because I thought when he was talking about the power that he was going to take, it would have been, like, a spiritual or emotional power from humans. And it is very much actually just... This electricity thing is pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah, at first I was I was thinking similar, like he was just going to drain the energy from people, but instead he's like, there's so much electricity, that's definitely the power that I want. Mm-hmm. I think it clicked for me when you first see the vacuum start sucking everything up, because you can see, like, electrical currents going into the mouth. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, he's just taking all the electricity from everything. Mm-hmm. So Nagisa tries to run out so she can go save the city. And her brother tries to stop her, but it does not work. I wonder if he's going to end up seeing anything later. I feel like someone is going to. Um, like, I'm surprised we didn't get uh, Shiho and Rina seeing them this time. But I guess that would be saved for later. Yeah. They definitely hear them, but they don't recognize the voices as uh, Honoka and Nagisa because we do see them going up an elevator on top of the building where this evil vacuum is. Nagisa and Honoka start running towards the building, and I guess Nagisa has pretty good eyesight because she can see her friends up in the elevator, and they seem to be pretty high up. I don't know if you could actually, like, see them that well, normally. Hi. It would be very difficult. Although, my, my next note is one of my favorite because we see Honoka and Nagisa up on the roof, like after they went into the building, and I guess they ran up all those stairs super fast because <laughs> they wouldn't be able to get into an elevator to get up there. How fast do they run? Um... Maybe it's like latent pretty cure ability. I, I got nothing. <laughs> they just parkour up the stairs instead. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they were transformed, they could have just ran up the side of the building. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't transform at the bottom. 
instead of like waiting until they're up on the roof. Because this also allows Pissar to like see them in their normal forms. Which is a point that that matters in the next episode where he's able to recognize Nagisa at the school. Mm-hmm. He knows what she looks like and she kn- he knows what her school uniform is. But it is time to transform. So I 100% thought during this transformation sequence Nagisa was going to swipe the sleep card instead of the transformation card by accident. <laughs> That would have been pretty funny. I'd be like, oh no. So then they, she would have to fight, like, as a regular for, like, 30 minutes or whatever. Yes. You just see her shaking the phone. Wake up! Wake up! Is there a call to wake you back up? I hope something like that happens later where they s- swipe the wrong card. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure if we're gonna see the sleep card again anytime soon, though. No. Um. But they do transform, and they start fighting, and um, the monster, which I'm going to call the Zakvac, uh, really messes them up. Yeah. There is a point where Honoka's, well, Cure White's up in the air, and she's, like, doing this thing where she's, like, moving her hands in a circular motion, and I Mm -hmm. guess she's able to, like, spin the vacuum, and, or stop it, in order to let Cure Black kick it. Mm Mm-hmm. And we, um... Well, she tries to we kick don't it. See it yet. Yeah. Because the vacuum ends up sucking her in. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they were expecting fighting a vacuum, but Yeah. Um and the fight continues and they keep getting beaten up and they just can't deal with the vacuum power of the vacuum. Yeah. And eventually I think Pissard destroys the elevator. Yes. Well, they get thrown in through a door, and they kind of end up on top of the elevator. Mm-hmm. So Pissar's like, well, time to die. Because he breaks the rope that's holding the elevator, and it starts plummeting. And then we get a really incredibly radical sequence where Honika ties the cable around uh, both herself and Nagisa, and then they do the thing where they place both of their feet against the wall and then reach out to brace against each other to act as a break. Yeah. At first I thought they were going to stop it, but I guess because it does go down to the bottom floor, what they succeed in doing is slowing it down enough that it doesn't, like, murder everyone that's on the elevator. Mm Mm-hmm. And they had to really sort of let it go down to the bottom floor because otherwise they wouldn't be able to leave. That's true. Because it's tied to them. Yes. Uh, But once the elevator stops, they then wall jump up the elevator shaft. Yes. And they manage to make it back to the roof. And this is really great because the vacuum starts attacking them with electricity. And they end up getting protected by this orb of rainbow light. And they look down and they see that they are holding hands. And the power of gay once again comes in to save the day. Yes, they utilize the power of the gaze. To protect themselves from this evil monster. Mm-hmm. And then we get their finishing move, where they summon their lightning, and they say... There's a lot of, like... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, I'm trying to think of the word I want to use. Like, in magical shows, where, like, they, like, say a catchphrase, yeah. There's a lot of catchphrases, where they transform and, and when they attack. Mm-hmm. 
Um, is it before or after their finishing attack where Nage said does the very important kick? It is after. Once they use their mobile screw attack, Nagisa jumps on and kicks the vacuum cleaner. Yes, and it leaves a perfect boot print. Yes. This is important. And the day is saved. And the men all fly off, and the vacuum's back to normal. They're really lucky they didn't, like, break it, because then they would just have a broken vacuum. Yeah, well, this, they didn't buy it, neither did Passard. No one really... Honestly, I'm surprised that the vacuum ends up back at the store. Yeah, I guess they brought it back. They're like, they're just looking at it like, well, do we just return the vacuum now that it's not evil anymore? I guess so. I mean, if you defeat any evil appliance, would you return it to the store? No. I would probably destroy it. That's fair. I'd uh, but we, no. I'd keep it, put it in a room, be like, and this was the evil coffee maker that tried to murder me. But it didn't win. I won. Um, we do know that they that the same vacuum cleaner is back at the store, though, because when it shrank back down to vacuum cleaner size, we see a tiny little version of Nagisa's boot print on it. Yes. I can't imagine owning that vacuum and seeing this tiny footprint and being like, what, wh- what happened that there's this tiny footprint on a vacuum. Like, who could make this? Yeah, it's like setting up implications that aren't, like, I doubt they're going to come back to ever. Yeah, and I was actually wondering if the footprint was still going to be there when the vacuum turned back to normal size. But I guess it is. Also, I have a note that when it cuts back to, like, the appliance store, there's a outside shot where there's a sign that says drink. I just did it oh. like that. I think drink. it's I think it says drink pink because you can't really see the second world underneath it, but it kind of looks like it's spelling the word pink. I will just say that maybe it's just an advertisement reminding you to stay hydrated. Drink. Yes. It's for the viewers be like drink. Would you hydrate? Drink. Yeah. Um, yes, so that's that's the episode, basically. Well, we do cut, we do have a scene where Nagisa is talking with her friends, and they're talking about how... Oh, yeah. ...that someone saved them, because they heard a voice from the top of the elevator. So this mm-hmm. is the first interaction that her friends have with the pretty cures, and I'm sure that's going to continue. Yeah, Nagisa very quickly changes the subject after they start talking. She kind of, like, just pushes them towards the school, like, Well, school time! Let's go, let's go! Before we're late! Which is great. Nagisa is very good. And then we get the incredible bop of an ending credits song. Yes. If you haven't listened to it, you should just go on YouTube and just listen to it. And you should listen to the opening, too, like the full opening. It won't make any sense, but, well, like the stuff in the opening and endings won't make any sense unless you're watching the show, but it, there's really good songs. Um, what do we do at the end of these episodes? Oh, yeah, we gotta think of an ending. Oh, wow, I completely blanked. Alright, that is it for the episode. Next time, it looks like we're gonna be dealing with a cute student teacher? 
Question mark? Yes. Next episode is Who's the New TA? Or Beware of the Cute Student Teacher. But until then, you can find us on Twitter at Prepod Engaged. And you can find me, Charlie, at Magical underscore Pride. And you can find me, Cassidy, on Twitter at Madlobotanist. That's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T. And until next time, we need your help, Meepo. Meepo. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I.